But you know the story uh, in verse 11 down through verse number 24. Uh, there's a younger brother. His, that's what we're going to call him today. We're going to call him younger. And uh, then in the latter part of text, we've got an elder brother. We're going to call him elder. And I want to just start right in verse 23. And, and the Bible said, of course, the father, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked them what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. It was meet that we, should be, that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. You, I know the audience here this morning and those that are listening. There was a young lady Monday night when I was leaving. She said she watched the uh, services last year uh, from Alaska and she was excited to be in, on the grounds this week. And it just amazes me how far that the, these services go makes me nervous too but it's amazing that somewhere somebody might be going through exactly what the Bible's got to deal with and, got, and God's got help for them from the word of God and, and you know in Luke 15 you've got in the first seven verses there, there's a sheep that's lost and and it's farm animals and you can go get another farm animal or in the course of time another will be born. I mean the odds, I used to play a lot of odds before I got saved. I mean one out of a hundred, that's pretty good odds right there. And then in verse 8 down through verse 10 you got that silver that that lady's looking for and that's finances. You can go make more money. Uh, you know, you can work a little overtime, whatever, and you can make some uh, uh, more money. Uh, but then in verse 11 down through verse 24, there's a son that's left. And the odds now are 50-50, and it's not about animals and it ain't about money. It's about blood kin. And all is on the line. Uh, but this, this morning, what I want to look at and ask the Lord to help us for just a few minutes is in the latter part of Luke 15, there's a serving son. And he's got a longing. And I never did see this. I was studying this last year. Actually, God was letting me see it in some families and some situations. And, and of course, everything that we'll ever face in life is found in the pages of the Word of God. And we know younger in verse 11 and 12, just seemingly out of nowhere, he, uh, he just arises and he takes off, seems like. Isn't it that way, the way it always starts? It just seems like it comes out of nowhere. You never expected it. You never thought that it would ever happen at your house, your church, your marriage, your children. Uh, and in verse 12, he uh, makes those statements to his daddy. His daddy's silence. There, there's a message I preached there about the silence of the father. What else can you say that this boy has not heard? He's got it in his 
his heart that he's going to that far country. But in verse number 13, there's another son. There's another son and he's still at home. In verse 12 down through verse 16, there's that agony of that silence. He takes his journey, that younger boy does. Verse 13, he throws it all away. The story never changes. They throw everything they got away. He takes up with the wrong crowd in verse 15. And can I say we can't blame it all on the wrong crowd. They were waiting, they opened their arms, but that's where his heart was and that's where he desired to go. There's a tragic afterthought in verse 16. And he would fain and filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. He hit bottom. How many have we seen that have hit bottom, lost it all? I mean, they had all of these uh, 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 pictures uh, in their minds and dreams, whatever you want to call them. But the end of seeing is always going to be the same. Uh, There might be someone this morning thinking, well, I'll beat it. Uh, I've got an angle. Uh, I'm going to get by the end of sin. Uh, You can read this story today, next year, or if you were alive 10 years from now, this story's not going to change. That's the end of sin. Verse 17, thank God. Uh, There's a revelation. The Bible said, when he came to himself, uh, that's what they got to do. But that's one part Uh, they got to come to themselves. Uh, but then they got to come home. That's the second part. Uh, there's the picture of repentance. Uh, verse 18, I will arise and go to my father uh, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned. Uh, that's the missing antidote of these last days. Uh, they want to blame it on the culture, uh, blame it on the scene, blame it on the streets. Uh, this boy didn't do none of that. He didn't blame it on his raisin. Uh, he said, I have sinned. I have sinned. And then in verse number 19, he said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Brother Borden, he thought he could pay his daddy back. He thought he could pay his daddy back forever. I'm glad the Lord doesn't require us to pay back. But his rationale, his thinking was just make me as a hired servant and daddy, I'll try to restore. And see, he got his inheritance. He wasted his inheritance. It's all gone. Uh, verse 20, he chose to leave uh, to the far country. Uh, now he chooses to come home. Uh, in verse number 20, when his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Uh, one, pre- one preacher I know, real educated in Jewish history, he said that it wasn't lawful uh, for a father to run during this period of time. Uh, I mean, because of the cloak and it happening out in the public. Uh, And he said, preacher, he said, why do you think he ran? Uh, I'm going to tell you why he ran. Uh, Because it was his boy. Uh, You say, oh, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. I'll take every one of yours. Uh, He ran, fell on his neck uh, and kissed him. Uh, They say that word kiss ain't just one on the cheek. Uh, He's kissing him. He's loving him the prodigal has come home thank God they can still come home I heard brother Mark Wheeler and I never hear him anymore that I don't think about brother Lance he's still sitting my place at the table thank God the prodigal can come home that's the familiar story the far country but the father's got another son he's been a faithful child 
He's been faithful. Just watch your Bible. If you could for a moment erase everything in Bible college commentaries. The colleges are not going to agree this morning. Uh, the commentators, I can already tell you, they do not agree. Uh, but some moms and dads agree. Uh, and some sons and daughters agree. Uh, there's another son and he's at home. Uh, and he's been faithful. He's been faithful. There is a sheep lost and silver looked for and a son that left. But there's a servant's son or a daughter with a longing. Watch the scripture, verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field. He's been laboring in the field. I remember my daddy used to say that's where they got their PhDs with the post hole diggers. He's been laboring in the field. This generation don't know a whole lot about laboring in the field. Evidently this is a farm, a pretty large farm because they got a fatted calf. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But he's been late. That's hard work. And lest I forget to say it, Brother Coates, he's having to do the work of two now. Junior's gone. Junior's in the far country. Somebody got to pick up the slack on the farm. And so he's doing some hard work. He's helping wherever it's needed. He knows home's shaky and rocky and mom and dad's tore all to pieces and he's doing everything he can, pick up the load. He don't ever complain about it. He don't come, come in with calluses on his hand and his heart and his knees and complain. He does not complain. He doesn't complain. There's hours to do whatever the father said. We'll see that verse 29. And when he comes in in verse, 20, in verse 25, he, he's looking down to the farmhouse. And this is Jimboology right here. He, he's listening and he's got a fancied thought in his mind. He heard. He heard music and dancing. And I'm just thinking, here's Elder. He's worked. He's labor picking up uh, two men's uh, load. And he hears music. And I just want to think in my mind and in my heart, he's thinking... Hey, dad's going to have a party. Dad's appreciating what I'm doing. Dad's appreciating me staying with the farm and helping uh, him and mom out. He's aware of my persevering. Uh, hey, dad don't have to pray for me at night. Uh, dad don't have to look out the window and worry if I'm going to be home or not. He knows I'm here. I, he, the Bible said uh, now that his elder son was in the field and he came and drew nigh to the house and he heard music and dancing. Verse 26, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He's anxiously, anxiously desiring to know what's going on inside the house. Because you got to understand in reality of this story, Elder has watched his mom and dad. You say there ain't a mom in this story. Well, there's got to be a mom to have two boys. I know I came through Asheville, but we're not in Asheville. You got to have a mom and dad to have two boys. So I don't know, I've heard, her, I've heard she died a broken heart. And I, I don't know, but she's got to be there, at least in these next 20 minutes. The elder has watched mom. Do you understand? Anybody understand what I'm saying? Elder has watched mama and them gray hairs start coming in her young head. And it ain't because she's coloring it that color. Old brother Tony Finney preached for us last year and my daughter-in-law got saved in that meeting. And Brother Finney was talking about there when uh, they, they would go out to that window. Daniel, he'd go out to that window. He'd pray three times a day. 
And I got to watch an elder, watch mom and dad go to that window. Where is he tonight? Where is my wandering child tonight? Anybody old enough to ever remember that my wandering? Anybody ever old enough to hear that song? We were sitting on the coast, the beach, the ocean, whatever y'all want to call it here and be comfortable. My wife Googled that thing and we sat there and cried our eyes out a few years ago because we did not know. Where is my wandering child? Now elders, watch this. He's watched them labor. He's watched them grow. He's watched them furrows start getting in daddy's face, daddy's young face. Hey, there's a lot of things happening in this story that people are living in these last days. He, sta- he watches them at the window of worry. Is younger all right? Is younger alive? Is younger in jail? Is younger, has he got messed up? Is he in a ditch? Has somebody rolled him up in a motel? It's that window of wandering with an O. Where is he? Where is my son? An elder the whole time is watching this. You can't look at this story without watching mama weep. Looking out those windows. I understand everybody don't understand, but there's a few that do. If all of your children are in and serving God, you ought to run to Asheville and back. Thank God for it. She's weeping. You hear what we're saying this evening, this morning. Watch what happens, verse 27. Here's the servant. He said unto him, thy brother has come. Now let me stop right there. Is there any sibling listening here or wherever that would be upset if your prodigal sibling came home? No. I do not know any sibling that would be upset that the prodigal got right, got saved, got clean, got in church. I I just can't see that. The servant says, your brothers come home and thy father hath killed the fatted calf. This is the second time in this text we've seen that fatted calf. First time was in verse 23. Now we're seeing it in verse 27. This brother's come home. This brother that's caused the hurt. He's created the havoc and anything else you want to alliterate right there. But you will never convince me that elder is not tickled to death that his younger brother's at home. Thank God he's home. You say, well, preacher, you just read that he's angry. I think I may know a little bit in his, his, his mindset why he's angry. Notice what the servant said. He said there, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf. This isn't the first time I found a fatted calf in Scripture. I found one in 1 Samuel 28. Uh, They fed uh, Saul and his men. They called it a fat calf. That woman had it in her house. I've been in some country homes, uh, but I've never seen a fat cow in a house. That may be up above the mason, I don't know. But she's had it. And y'all already know this. I'm from the city of Knoxville where I was raised. There were many cattle in the field. But a fatted calf, it was hand-picked. It was looked over. You watched its temperament. You watched how it developed. I mean, you were going to be close to it. You were going to feed it. You just couldn't rush in because they've got different temperaments. And see, the thing about this fatted calf, it's for a special time and a special event, and a special person. 
Are you starting to hear? Youngers come home. Who you think's been feeding that calf? Youngers down in the fight. Thank God he comes home. Thank God I am anticipating, looking for. I don't know what it involves, only God does. But I am excited about the day, morning, and night that youngers do come home and thank God. But I'm going to tell you, there's some elders that are still at the house. He tells him in verse 27, he said, Thy brother has come, thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. Again, thank God. Younger's home. But now verse 28, and he was angry. All the people you read after, they talk about the Phariseeism. And, uh, why don't they ever do that with younger? Why don't they use younger as a Gentile and him parting out and the Jews not lying? You never hear that. You never hear that about younger. Why was he angry? He thought that fatted calf was for him. He stayed home. He did right. Uh, and I'm living this. And some may and some may not have any idea what I'm talking about. But is there a reward, a award for living in the far country and coming home and not a award or a reward for those that have stayed and those that have done right? You know, during COVID and all this, you hear every preacher you talk about, talk to, and they talk about people that have left and they've not come back. Everybody ain't left. Lights are still on. Bills are still being paid. Sinners are still being saved. Ain't everybody left. Ain't everybody went to the far country. Uh, I know since last year, other preachers, they took a hard turn one way or the other, but everybody ain't. Everybody ain't. He was angry. I've read and read and read and prayed and prayed and prayed. I find no hatred for his brother. I find no hatred, but what I hear is I hear hurt. The Bible said he would not go in. He would not go in. Well, the writers, they go crazy right here. And they say that he was mad because uh, that he had wasted the inheritance. Well, Brother Doug, if I've read this right, and I know y'all know this, it's all elders now. Daddy's going to say that all that I've got. Son, when I check out here, it's all yours. It was never about the money. There's some things money can't buy. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll just try to be obedient to the Lord. Watch this, verse 28. Therefore came out his father, his father out and entreated him. That word entreated, it means to call near. It means to converse. And we're not privileged to this conversation on one part. But the next verse, verse 29, and he answering. So evidently verse 29 is answering some of the uh, conversing that was going on in 28. You say, preacher, what do you think was said? Well, verse 28 tells. Verse number 20, verse 29, excuse me. And he answering said to his father, lo. That's not talking about lo like he was talking about little lady singing. That word L-O, lo, it's that first cousin to behold. It's some kind of imperative something. It means to raise the voice. Elder said, lo, dad, hold on a minute. He said, lo, these many years do I serve. Is that wrong? Is that, is that arrogant? In the text, it looks like it's been the truth. 
When Junior took off, went to the far country, here Elder, he picked up, uh, got his shoulder under the load, uh, and he started carrying half of the other load. He said, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. Evidently, he was answering what their conversation was. He said, Dad, I never transgressed your commandment. I never run off. Dad, I never left. Dad, I tried to honor you and Mom. I've watched this. And, and I, there's some, if we're not careful, we're going to lose what we got. And I don't have no answer after the service. I've talked to parents. It's hard to balance this as a parent. You love junior. You love younger. You love them all. But you got some that are still in, still serving. They've never wasted. They've never tasted what the far country's got. But the thing that keeps coming up is this fatted calf. This fatted calf. Lo, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. I've never seen this. I'm going to show my ignorance right here. Yet thou never gavest me a kid. First thing I thought is a little baby. I told you I'm from Knox. I don't know what a kid is. I had to go, it's a baby goat. Y'all laughing at me now. It's a baby goat. He said, you gave him that fatted calf that you handpicked, that you groomed, that you went out. I've heard it, and I probably preached. That was daddy's prayer place. He'd feed old fat calf, and he'd say, where's my wandering boy tonight? Lord, you go where he's at. Do what I cannot do. And I'm not against any bit of that. But elders said, you never even gave me a kid. A goat. See, he's concerned about this fatted calf because that was his daddy's attention. Now, I've blown this little outline. I got two other children. Have you ever heard of them? Not many. I got a little girl. She's married now. She goes to this liberal church down in Georgia called Concord. Brother Sammy Allen established, it's liberal, you know. And she goes out on bus visitation. Her and her husband, they go out and knock on doors. They get these little snotty nosed kids and they bring them in. The year before she got married, I was so consumed in my oldest son. And I didn't even realize it, but the wedding was getting close and me and her would go fish and I hope she don't watch this. She will never talk to me again. She'd say, here, fishy, fishy. She'd say, I got a worm for you. She'd beat me two to one. You know what I was doing before we got out here, a little fishy, fishy. I said, Esther, we didn't even get to go fish. She's just like her mom. Oh, dad, don't worry about it. But you're not going to convince me. I got another son. Nobody knows him. His name's Bubba. His name's Jairus Nelson, but nobody can pronounce Jairus outside of a church house. So we call him Bubba. COVID hit and all that. Nobody knew what to do. Our, our little church house up there in the mountains got a fenced-in parking lot. And, and when COVID would hit, old Bubba would grab that. It didn't matter if it was snowing, raining. He'd grab that bucket. He'd go out there and stand at the gate with that umbrella. He'd take up the offering. He was at prayer Saturday night.
I hope you can hear. And I don't have the answer. How do you balance it? I'm just telling you the heart of the elder this morning. He said, you never gave us me a kid. Something special for some time special for somebody that's special. Listen to what he said, that I might make merry with my friends. He'd been hearing about younger out there, party life, big life, night life. But he said, you never even gave me a kid that I could make merry with my friends. Are we going to have to wait till they come home scarred and marred to give them a fatty calf? And I can't balance that. I'm going to get me two fatty, I'm going to get me three or four fatty calves. See, it speaks of dad's attention, his affection. All along, Elder thought that fatty calf was his. There's no period at the end of verse number 29. But as soon as soon, daddy's been gone however long, and as soon as he comes home, we don't even wait, we don't even, and I'm not talking about putting anybody in purgatory, approving themselves or whatever, but dad, we don't even know what's going to happen. And as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Boy, I used to throw off on Elder right there. I, I talked about his righteous indignation. That ain't it. Which hath devoured thy living. You look that phrase up, thy living, that's your life. He had watched what that far country was doing to daddy. And it made him angry. He thought the fatty calf was for him. He said he's devoured thy living with harlots. And I'm just going to let, I ain't even going to tell you what the word harlot, it means harlot, male or female. But that word devoured thy living, 979 in the Strong's Concord, it means your life. He's aged you, daddy. He's, and as soon as he comes home, you're going to give him the fatty calf which hath devoured thy living with harlots. He said, I've watched you. I've watched you worry. I've watched you weep. I was sitting in a restaurant in Burnsville, and this was just all, it was really in Brother Lanning's Friday night meeting. I sat down at a table, and all this was rolling. And I was watching. I was watching a family. And, I, and please, Give me a little leeway right here. I'm visualizing a morning in that house. And they're at the breakfast table and they say, okay, let's pray over the food. Here's dad, here's mom, and here's elder. And they've got a servant, that's in the scripture. So they got eggs and bacon and cathead biscuits and gravy and all that. They may hold hands as some families do. But for some reason, when I was listening to this prayer, it was something like this. Lord, you know where Younger is. Lord, would you please bring Younger home? Lord, me and mom's got so many regrets. We should have and wished we would have. We wished we'd have gave him more. We wished we would have not gave. And all the time, elders sitting at the table. I'm, I'm here. Everybody ain't gone. Lord, would you please reach younger wherever he's at? And all the time, elders still sitting at the table. 
I don't hear a thank you for elder. As a matter of fact, when the prayer ends and they get through eating, I can hear dad tell, hey, elder, that the fence out there needs, fin- needs mending. Need to move those cattle from that pasture to this green pasture. Need to cut them trees back. They, they're getting on the fence and they might get out. Oh, yeah, elder, make sure you feed those animals. There it is again in verse 30. He said, As soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. If you don't remember anything else this morning, that fatted calf meant something special. For some time, it was a celebration time. For somebody special. It was never about the inheritance. It's all his. It's all his. It was never about younger. And I'm asking again, there, my children would not be upset if our younger, whatever it is that needs to be, I don't, they would not be upset. They wouldn't be mad. They wouldn't be angry that one came back, one got saved, one rededicated, whatever it is that younger need. They wouldn't be mad. I can't believe that. But all along, they wanted that fatted calf. Some attention. Verse 31. And let me say this. Moms and dads don't always say the right things. Verse 31. He said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. You're ever with me. You don't think Elder knew that? And all that I have is thine. Elder knew that. It was never about the money, Dad. It was never about the inheritance. It was never about this or that or the other. He wanted that attention. He wanted that fatted calf. Verse 32. It was meet that we should be merry. And it is. And be glad. And it is. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Thank God. It was never about younger. It was never about the money. Look at verse 33. There ain't one. We don't know how this story ends. Can I step out on a limb one more time in that restaurant there in Burnsville? I see them go back to the table again. They're eating breakfast. Youngers come home. They've shouted it out. Thank God he's home. They're at breakfast table. Here's mom. And here's dad. And here's younger. And here comes the servant. Pancakes. All You can tell I ain't ate this morning. All that stuff. And they're, I mean, they're excited. My son was dead. He's alive. He was lost and he's found. There's another empty chair at the table. I hear dad look at mom. Uh, mom, where's elder? Uh, younger, have you seen your brother? I hear the servant step up. The servant steps up and he's saying this. I saw him walking towards the far country. Because that's where you get the attention from. I don't know how to balance it. 
I hate to end it right here, but there's no verse 33. I know parents this morning that are pouring everything they've got into a younger situation. And they've got some of the best children staying at home. Some of the best preachers. Some of the godliest young ladies. They don't have to, made to, they choose to. And I can't balance it. You want younger to come home. I, you, you'll never get me to believe that elder's not excited that his brother gets saved, gets right. But he wanted that. He wanted that fatted calf. He just wanted a little bit of attention. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Brother Barton's going to come. I don't even know how to close it. There's not a closure to the text. I'm going to tell you what I did after I put these little thoughts together. I called my daughter. She's in another state now. I said, Esther, I sure do love you. I sure appreciate you being in church. We get home and I get my phone and I put it on Concord. They preach long, sing long. And I look in that choir and there's that long black-headed little girl. Never tasted the far country. Not scarred, not perfect, no, no, no. Oh, Bubba, we had one of them sweet services Sunday night. People were going around, they were loving on one another. And I saw old Bubba start coming up the platform. He's hugged me and he said, Dad, you're my hero. They ain't all gone. They ain't all gone. 